0: Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review, and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message.
1: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God, shall we call of the gospel of the Our Father, we thank you for the privileges that we have from week to week to assembling ourselves together in your house. We pray that blessing upon us this morning as we worship, that our hearts and our minds would be receptive to the outpouring of your spirit as we look at this beatitude that you've given us. We ask Thy blessings upon William this morning as he preaches at the Gordon Baptist Church and upon that congregation to search for a pastor, That Thy Spirit to be present with them, and upon your servant as he endeavors to bring the word of life to that congregation this morning. Now come into our midst and warm us with the power of Your Spirit as well as we look into Your Word, for in Christ's name we pray. It seems as if there is never a week that goes by with what the papers are full of comments about some group somewhere meeting for the purpose of talking about peace. Our president and leaders of other nations meet in summit conferences and their subordinates meet from time to time, to, to set agendas, and all
0: that they might discuss plans
1: that would somehow bring peace to this world. I suppose probably, few of us ever get by very long without shouting or screaming, give me peace, particularly you mothers, when it comes to your kids. We always, it seems, don't stop with peace, but I can remember my mother saying, give me peace and quiet. And that somehow or other those two must go together, at least they did in her mind. And I can remember my wife saying those same words a few times as well when uh, we got a little boisterous when she was going to have some, some calmness. Peace is a dominant theme throughout the scripture. As a matter of fact, there are over 400 direct references to peace in the scriptures. The Bible begins with it and the Bible ends with it. God prepared a garden of Eden and into that garden he placed Adam and Eve and they were living in a, an attitude of, of perfect peace. But something happened. But the Bible ends with the theme of peace, when it promises us that the day will come when this world will be in peace, where we will be in absolute harmony. Even the lion and the lamb will lay down together. And a child will play even on the den of the poisonous insect. Jesus is described in the Scripture as the Prince of Peace. But yet when we talk about all this, we realize that the word peace cannot be applied to the world in which we live today. It never has since Adam and Eve. Someone has gone back in history and counted all the wars that have been in this world since the Lord Jesus. And they say there have been nearly 15,000 wars since the birth of Christ. 15,000. This world of ours does not know what it is to be at peace. We're at war today, whether we recognize it or not, in some portion of the world. Historians have said there probably have been no more than two periods of time in the history of the United States that we have been at peace. There has been a conflict somewhere involving our country. But more importantly, I think there's some other issues that we need to look at other than just military peace. We want economic peace. But we don't have
0: it. our old governor
1: has warned us that we are on the brink of an economic disaster in West Virginia. I've been saying that for some time and he finally heard me I guess Now well, I never get a chance to tell him anything I have to take all I have to do all the listening We do not have economic security Not only in West Virginia, but in the United States, and certainly we do not have it throughout the world. There is no economic peace. There is no religious peace. There are religious groups throughout the world that are in conflict with each other. We don't have racial peace. There is some group somewhere that is opposed to another group in this world at all times. We have just about solved, in the United States, the conflicts between the blacks and the whites, but that wasn't even settled yet. We don't have social peace, but more importantly, we don't have family peace. I would suspect that if we would devolve our innermost hearts this morning in this congregation there would have to be some man or some woman who would admit that there was conflict in our family this morning before we came to church. There were bitter words spoken. There was an argument. Mom and Dad did not see eye to eye. And the kids fussed at Mom or at Dad and each other there was conflict in the family. There's no peace there. But even more important than the lack of family peace, there is the lack of personal peace. When the individual has settled in his own mind, in his own heart, his relationship to God and to his Son Jesus Christ, and as far as things are concerned, between the person and eternity, everything is alright. There's not many of us that have that kind of inner peace. Not many of us probably have saying very well and very honestly the words of the hymn, It is well with my soul. There are some things that are disturbing in our personal relationship to ourselves and our relationship to God that are not right. We do not think in terms of people who are peaceful as being very receptive. In the United States, we honor the warrior, the military the macho your man, the aggressor. If you don't believe that, what are the television programs that we watch? Those things that show aggression, that show war, that show cruelty, that show selfishness, seldom do we find a program that is built around a peaceful subject gentleness, submission, meekness, and all that. Because we're not peaceful. Self must come first, and everybody else must take second seat. This is the attitude of our country. And for the most part, it's the attitude of the families of our country. And I also think for the most part it's the attitude of each individual. We're after number one. We're not very peaceful about how we accomplish our ends. But Jesus said the person who is blessed is the peacemaker. He placed importance upon making peace. We don't know very many Hebrew words, but there is one Hebrew word that all of us have heard and perhaps some of us used, and that is the word for peace, Shalom. You ever spoken it? You've heard it. as That's the Hebrew word. But it does not mean the absence of conflict or the absence of evil. What it means is the presence of good. And to put it into proper perspective, if a person would say peace or he would say shalom, he is meaning, it is my desire that you have the highest good. That desire does not fit into our vocabulary very well. Paul said, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, what do you mean? I think we must distinguish between the peacemaker and the peacemaker. I love peace. A peace lover is one who is characterized by doing everything that he possibly can after shunning conflict. To avoid coming into conflict with another person, and that's admirable. But if loving peace to the point that we are willing to evade issues, then we are not necessarily a peacemaker. A peacemaker is one who faces the issues and deals with them in order that he might accomplish for himself and for others the highest good. A peacemaker is one who will face conflict when necessary because he believes in the results that he's after. And is not necessarily one who goes down the road, avoiding any issues that might come along. I'm coming to the point of saying that the reason we don't have peace in the world today is that we have sin in the world. And if we love peace so much that we will ignore the consequences of sin, we might be a peace lover, but we're not a peacemaker. A peacemaker who is one that recognizes that there is sin in the world. And it is the source of conflict between nations. It is the source of conflict between races. It's the source of conflict in the family. And it's the source of conflict in the individual. That does not make us peaceable people. Jeremiah said, Peace, peace. But there is no peace then he goes on to say, were they ashamed when they had committed abominable, let, let me start over. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? And he answers, no. They were not at all ashamed. Jeremiah 8, 11. What was he meaning? People are not ashamed of committing sin. It's the acceptable mode of life. Lying is expected. Stealing is common and ordinary. every day in this land of ours. In this country of ours and in this county of ours. Life is cheap. Because man wants his own way. He is willing to commit any sin that is appealing to him in order that his end results that his after might be accomplished. And if it means lie, you do it. If it means stealing, he will do it. And if it means murder, he will not have the second thought. This is the world in which we live. We are not living in a peaceful world. Jesus said, bless the these man. A man and woman stood in court, a divorce court, arguing their case before the judge. Very voiceless, very outrageous, very hateful. The man stood here, his wife stood over here, and they each were trying to convince the judge that they were right. But in the middle, He could not comprehend the things that were happening. He didn't know what he was doing. But he got a hold of his daddy's hand, drug him to the middle. And he got a hold of his mother's hand, brought her. And finally, he forced their hands and put them together. What was he doing? but attempting to make peace between his mother and his father. He was a peacemaker. This is the purpose of Jesus Christ. When he came into this world, the scripture says that he came for the purpose of reconciling man and God. Of putting their hands together. Man stands deliberately with his sin and argues that he has a right to live like he wants to. And Jesus Christ tries to take his hand and put it in the hand of God that this conflict would be over. A man by the name of Don Richardson wrote a book called Peace Child. Don Richardson was a missionary to Indonesia. The Indonesians were very religious in their pagan religion, but very, very argumentative and thought life to be very cheap, would kill for any reason. Don Richardson said he was having trouble figuring out a way to explain Jesus Christ these pagan tribes. They fought with each other all the time. But there was one thing that they did have that happened at time that would bring peace between these tribes, and that was if one tribe would give a boy child to the other tribe, there would be peace between those two tribes as long as the boy lived. That was. But well, long. If he died young, the peace is gone. If he died no age, the peace will last until he died. And he said, finally, I've got the idea. Jesus Christ is the peace child. He is the one that keeps the peace, that brings people together so that there is not conflict. If we want peace in this land of ours, we will not find it in our economic patterns of life or in our political procedures. We will find it only in Jesus Christ. If there's going to be peace in our families, we'll find it when the family is Christian and follows the path of Jesus Christ. If there's going to be peace in your life and mine, we will find it only when jesus christ the peace child puts our hand in the hand of god we come to terms with our lord scientists say that in the depths of the ocean the sea is very quiet the sea is the surface. Those of you who have been out on the ocean a little bit know that. My one experience of going out ten miles is all I wanted, for I was sick the whole time because the sea was very motionless. And I was up and down and up and down and you know what happened to me. But they tell me down deep in that ocean the water doesn't move. It's very calm. It's peaceful air. The flesh that live at that depth are not, tree, not afraid of anything. Everything is at peace at depth. The storm is on the surface. Peace is in the depth. And I use that to simply say this. We may be going through the storms of life. On the surface, we are torn to bits. We have distresses of every kind. Losses of job. Not enough money put food on the table and to pay the rent. Conflict of every nature when husbands and wives and children fast and fight with each other. But listen, it depends on how deep you are in God as to whether you have peace. In the midst of conflict we can be at peace. Jesus was in the little ship on the sea and the storm arose. And it was moving that little boat around all over the place and they were about to sink. But Jesus himself was down in the bottom of the boat fast asleep. Even though it was in the midst of storm, there was no problem with him because he had his roots deep in the depths of God himself. Because he knew that, he gave us the parable and the story of building houses. He told us about one man who built his house on the sand, and another man who built his house on a solid rock. Now, to both of those houses, the storm came. But the people who lived in the house, who had a solid foundation, slept through the night because they knew that their house was built on solid rock and would not be moved regardless of how severe the storm. When our houses, our lives, if you will, are moved by the storms on the surface of life, it's because we don't have our roots deep enough. It's because of our lack What did the Lord say about a peacemaker? Let me give you four characteristics of a peacemaker real quickly. Time's up. I want to say four things. Number one, if you're going to be a peacemaker, first of all, you will have made your own peace with God. You can't be a peacemaker if you're not a peace yourself. Second, a peacemaker will help others find peace with God. Thirdly, a peacemaker will help others find peace with others. And fourthly, a peacemaker will not look for conflict. A peacemaker will contend without being contentious, will disagree without being disagreeable will confront that being abusive. Jesus said, blessed are those who are peacemakers. But why? For they will be called the sons of God, the children of God. A person who is a peacemaker will have a reputation of being a peaceable person. If you are not a peacemaker, says John, McDonald, an author that I read a lot from, he made this statement, a person who is not a peacemaker is either not a Christian or is a disobedient Christian. I thought that was an important statement to consider. But a peacemaker, he said, will be called the sons of God, by God Himself, it doesn't matter what you call me, or what I call you, so much. But it does matter what does God call us. What's your reputation in heaven? Does God say you are? Are you a peacemaker? i